You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to BGN Radio with Brandon Lee Gowton and Jimmy Kemsky. What's going on, everybody? This is Jimmy Kemsky from PhillyVoice.com. With me, as always, is Brandon Lee Gowton of BleedingGreenNation.com, BGN Radio, episode number 146. Got a lot to get to. Brandon's got a heart out in a little less than an hour. So, Brandon, let's hear about Rachel Song first. Jimmy, first of all, we made it to the season. We made it to week one. Congrats to us. Congrats to everyone out there. We're still alive. Uh, the season is happening. That's exciting. Of course... This episode of BGN Radio, BGN Radio 146, is brought to you by Righteous Felon Craft Turkey. Now, you can eat the same meat snacks that the Eagles do, of course, by going to RighteousFelon.com and using discount code BGN15 at checkout. So, go do that. Also, while I have you here, the podcast debuted, Jimmy. The, that's right. On the SB Nation NFL show podcast feed, you can find myself and Rob Guerrera, aka Stats, talking about NFL uh, as a whole. So I'm going national, Jimmy. I've gone national. I'm, I'm way too big time now for you and this podcast as a whole, but I show up anyway because I'm very humble. And uh, so, yeah, so go check that out as well. <laughs> You're the best at being humble. It's very true. And many people say that. All right, Jimmy, where do we start? All right. So injuries, I guess, first. The Eagles, the Eagles released their first injury report of the season. It's just really based off the Wednesday practice, which I attended. Uh, Javon Hargrave uh, did not practice at all today. We already knew about his pectoral injury. But he also has a hamstring that the Eagles listed. So, <laughs> like, a little bit more injured than we thought. He isn't on IR, so I guess that's a good thing. Like, they probably don't think that he's going to be out until at least past week three. But he wasn't even out at practice today. He wasn't even, like, out on the sidelines. Alshon Jeffrey was out there, uh, as he was for most of training camp. Of course, he's got the foot injury. He didn't practice today. And then four guys were limited in practice today. And they're four big names. So you got Derek Barnett. He's out, his injury. We didn't know what their injuries before were before on, on some of these guys. It was just lower body or upper body. He's got a hamstring injury. Lane Johnson has an ankle injury. He was limited. Jalen Rager, shoulder injury. He was actually out there doing some things today. He was uh, fielding punts. Uh, he was out, you know, catching passes and stuff like that during, you know, sort of the warm-up individual drill period of practice. He was limited, though. He didn't play in 11, on 11s. And then uh, Miles Sanders. Uh, still nursing that hamstring that he's been out with for really almost the entirety of camp. So, yeah, some big names there. Um, but at least there's maybe a little bit of a window for those guys to play. Or the limited guys. I'm sure Lane's going to play, but he's still hampered um, to be determined if Barnett will play. Uh, but maybe a little bit good news that Rager was at least practicing a little bit. And, you know, they've been saying all along that Han- Sanders is going to be fine for week one. So I imagine that's still the case. Do you think they're just kind of... Uh, treating him with, like, Brian Westbrook kid gloves like they used to back in the day? Well, Jimmy, I've always said the Eagles deserve the benefit of the doubt when it comes to injuries. <laughs> you know, you can always take it to the bank, what they say. You know, no no, no reason to be worried at all. <laughs> right. Um, seriously, though, yeah, Doug 
what Doug Peterson did say, like, you know, they're going to have to manage Miles Sanders to some extent, considering he's missed all of training camp and now he's only limited going into week one. I still think we'll see a lot of Miles Sanders, but, you know, maybe not like 20 carries per game in week one. Lane, the Lane Johnson one, Jimmy, uh, concerns me because when Doug Peterson was asked about him on a Wednesday morning <laughs> and you yeah. know, asked, like, if he's going to play, you know, in the past, not always, Doug isn't always super forthcoming with things, but. Just for example, earlier in the week when he was asked about Carson Wentz and if he's back at practice, Doug said one word and he was like, yes. And that was it. Yeah. Now, practice, you know, well, he's also said practicing fully too, didn't he? Yeah. And, you know, with Lane Johnson, you know, Doug Peterson asked if he'll play. Doug did not give an answer that, you know, like 100% <laughs> vote of confidence yeah. that Lane Johnson will play. And that's concerning. And even if Lane Johnson does play, let's like assume, you know, the best case scenario, he does play. He's still not going to be 100%. He's missed multiple weeks now. With this ankle injury, which I, I think, by the way, wasn't it the same injury that cost him, you know, games at the end of last year? I don't know if it's the same ankle. I don't know if it's the same injury, but I'm just saying, like, he's had ankle injuries in the past, too. Um, so that's pretty concerning because you're looking at Nat Pryor, potentially, or Jack Driscoll, potentially going up against Ryan Kerrigan and or Chase Young. Like, I don't love that. Yeah. So earlier this this offseason, I kind of did like, um, you know, the, the 10 players the Eagles can least afford to injury. So I had lane least number two. <laughs> What's that? I think you, you didn't say the word lose in there. You were just like, oh, okay. the, 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 the sorry. they can afford that, the injury. Yeah, they the, can least afford to lose the injury. Sorry. So I, Lane Johnson, number two. Like, he's the most important player on the team to me, aside from Carson Wentz. Mm-hmm. I had uh, Jason Kelsey, three. Fletcher Cox, four. Slay, five. Miles Sanders, six. Zach Ertz, seven. Brandon Brooks, eight. Rager, nine. Deshaun, ten. So they already have out right now, or at least limited in practice, two six eight is out for the year and nine mm, that's <laughs> so good like, that's good not, good start not, not great um i would love to play with a, a table full of doug peterson's uh you know like a, a no no holds uh you know no or excuse me lo, no limit poker um because <laughs> doug <laughs> doug uh doug's probably you know not a good poker player probably would fold under questioning uh by the police if you were in the mob it was me i did it not not very good at uh at uh you know lying i guess uh because he did sort of give away like when when he said when when he said that you know i have good news we're like jp came into my office and he's gonna play left tackle for us and then one of the follow-ups was okay so does that mean uh matt priors you're starting right guard he kind of hemmed it hall on on that one too and he was like hey he's in the conversation and then, you know, he added like, okay, well, maybe Nate Herbig, maybe Jack Driscoll. And in my mind, I'm like, what? Like, why would it be anyone other than Matt Pryor? Like, he's always been the first guy in there. Like, was he was he just so bad over the last few weeks that, you know, he kind of lost some footing on, on his sort of status along the offensive line? And then I realized now it, it's probably just that, you know, they're not certain that Lane's going to play week one, which would be Matt Pryor's your right tackle. And then somebody else would fill in at right guard. So, like, I think that's kind of like what what happened there on on the uh, Matt Pryor answer. But yeah, I think it's certainly a concern. I think Lane's going to play, like I said before. Mm-hmm. But uh, it, yeah, I mean, like you mentioned, it's it's an ankle injury again. So um, yeah, not not great that that a guy that important to this team is uh, even if he is, even if he does play, if he's not one hundred percent, especially week one against this you know Washington defensive line. Really, the only way they can win is if that defensive line creates big plays and turnovers. 
Not great if he's not 100%. And then you're looking at Derek Barnett, you know, going into a key year, not being 100%, yep. considering he missed all of training <laughs> camp, and now he's still just limited in practice. And then I guess the two things here I want to tie into, I guess, some of the practice squad stuff, maybe, Jimmy, is that I would guess that, you know, with Hargrave out in practice on Wednesday, doesn't look like he's super likely to play on Sunday. And also the fact that, you know, the Eagles, they keep T.Y. McGill on the yeah. practice squad. Maybe they're kind of looking to use that new rule where they can just call him up and have him as your fourth defensive tackle behind the obvious trio of Fletcher Cox and Malik Jackson and Hassan Ridgeway. And at wide receiver, depending on what happens with Rager, you know, I would assume because let's say Rager misses this week because there's reports out there that week two could be more likely for him, right. even though he kind of he did look active in practice today. So that's strange. But uh, if he does miss this week, then you're, you only have, you know, Deshaun Jackson, J.J. Ortega, Whiteside, Greg Ward and um, Hightower. And Hightower, of course, as your four receivers. And they could call it Burnett, you know, again, using that new uh, practice squad rule if they wanted to to get him as their fifth guy. Um, so, yeah, so that's how I'm kind of looking at it for now. Uh, does that sound about right to you? Yeah, I think uh, they will call Burnett up if uh, if Rager doesn't play. And then, as you mentioned, McGill would make a lot of sense as that fourth defensive tackle. If I, I, don't, I wouldn't even say if I'm pretty sure that Hargrave is not going to play this week. You know, mm-hmm. he's, he, again, like he wasn't even out there today. So for him to you know come back uh, in this short amount of time, and again, there's two injuries now with him, <laughs> not just the one. Probably. Uh, week two or week three, I would say at the earliest for him. I don't have any inside info on that, but I like based on, based on what we've seen and what we, what we, how, you know, we know how these injury reports work. He's probably not playing week one and they don't need or, him to like, there's no need yeah. to rush him back because you have Fletcher Cox, who's one of the best defensive tackles in the NFL. And Malik Jackson had one of the best training camps of any, like any Eagles players on the team. So um, I think they're fine. And, and Ridgeway too, like had a really good camp. Fletcher Cox mm-hmm. just talked today and he went on and on about how good Ridgeway looked uh, this summer. So I think they're fine at defensive tackle. Don't rush him back. Just get him back when he's good and ready. That's a good point. I agree with that. I want to talk about some of the other kind of roster happenings. Nothing too big, but just before we get into, you know, the real meat of the Eagles versus Washington football team, the Eagles versus football team preview who's returning kicks and punts for this team jimmy because the eagles added a new guy jason huntley claimed him off waivers from the lions he was actually picked one spot in the draft by the lions before the eagles then they at number 172 overall before they traded down out of 173 so they very well could have been targeting him in the draft there in the fifth round um seems to me kind of like a guy that would be like a better version of what adrian killen's profile is uh, maybe not quite as fast, but still that kind of mold of a player, smaller running back, um, gives you a uh, kick return option. He had really good kick return numbers in college, right? He had like five touchdowns. He had he five touchdowns. Not None his senior year, but uh, five combined in his sophomore and junior years. A uh, guy who can catch the ball, too, out of the backfield, has that experience. Uh, obviously, not going to really see him in the offense. He just He's just getting here this week. He's very much fresh to the team. But I kind of wonder, you know, you asked Dave Fipp. Jimmy, uh, who's going to be returning <laughs> kicks and punts? And he, and he would not give you the answer. Who do we think it's going to be? Well, I, it was funny because that was like the 10th question into him. Like, I was surprised that nobody had asked him yet. I, I guess they figured he just wasn't going to answer, which is like, come on. Like, are they going to, is Washington going to game plan any differently depending on who your kick and punt returner is? Like, they're mm-hmm. all going to, they're going to run down and try to tackle the returner no matter who it is. Like, are you going to play it differently? Um, anyway, uh, I think it'll be Boston Scott uh, returning kicks. Uh, Hightower could maybe be in the mix there too, uh, but I think I don't think they'll, they'll throw Huntley in right away. I think at some point this season Huntley mm-hmm. will return kicks for them, but not right away. I mean, they, he just got added to the team. Punt returner, 
even if Rager plays, it's I, I don't know if it'll be him week one. If he were healthy, he'd be the returner week one. But what I think they'll do is they'll go sort of the, uh, um, you know, the Reno-Mahi yes. route where they'll just have a guy back there. And maybe not the best example because he did fumble a game away. But uh, they, they just want to have a guy back there to make sure we'll field the punt. I'm not really necessarily uh, worried about getting a big return. So I think it'll be Greg Ward back there. Uh, returning punts initially. A fair catch specialist. And he did have a lot of those last year. I look back at that in the offseason. Yeah. He had like a lot of fair catches. Yeah. Um, but he could do that. Knock on wood. Obviously, I've not jinxed the Eagles. So come back to me when Greg Ward fumbles the ball or the game away. Hopefully not. Uh, a couple other roster things to me uh, as Charlie jumps in here. He won. That's not, it's not even a dog he, out Well, there. Charlie is people. very mad. Oh, my God. There's not even any dogs out there. Richard Rogers is back. <laughs> On the oh, roster, you knew you were going to talk about Richard Rodgers. Yeah, Charlie, Charlie for, does not like Char, Charlie does not like the move to bring back Richard Rodgers for sure. For a fourth time, fourth time they're bringing him back. And I guess really, you look at this as how you know like the Eagles lost Noah Tongiai on waivers. They probably wanted him back, uh, but you know they lost out on him. Colts claimed him. Uh, that's what you get when you keep Denard Avery over a player <laughs> who you wanted to keep. And yeah, I think they take a mulligan on that. Like I, I've seen some people say, well, they didn't. They obviously didn't want him that badly, and that's probably true. But th- I think they, if they knew he was going to get claimed, they would not have cut him. Mm-hmm. That's fair to say, right? Yeah, and also like, just like I, I don't think Tony Yai is great or anything. I, and I said that before he was cut, but like he at least showed something. Like Gennady showed, showed me enough nothing. Where I'd rather have him over, you know, a, a, a known dud in, uh-huh. <laughs> in Richard Rogers. You know what I mean? Yes, although I, I I think it's fine bringing back. It's like whatever to me. I, I think it's fine bringing back Rogers. He obviously yeah, it's, familiar. It's back of the roster quibbling. Yeah, it doesn't. It's just it's not worth. It doesn't all matter ultimately, but it, it is it is kind of annoying though. You know you know what I mean? Yes. Like you can't find another tight end out there with you know that's young and has you know some uh, some trait that you can sort of. Um, you know, play, play. You can play to his strength in some way. Like, has mm-hmm. something. You know, what does Richard Rodgers really give you? Does he give you anything? And, yeah, I mean, just he's like a good home run teams, hitter in like in, uh, in 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 softball games. I'll give him that. He is, and I, I, he's probably more ready to play on special teams than you know, like an undrafted rookie free agent might be in theory. Like, you could you could argue that he knows um, but, what he's doing, I guess, but yeah. he hasn't been able to stay healthy in yeah. any of his Eagles stints. Big issue. Uh, on the practice squad front, Jimmy, I mean, obviously the big thing is Josh McCown is on there, which is, I really yes. like that. I really <laughs> like that setup for the Eagles. I think that's a really good, like we talked about it back when we saw, and we were talking about all or nothing, which is way long ago now on BGN radio here. And I think, I, I think both of us kind of agree that like Josh McCown needs to have some kind of role with this team. You know, I don't know if it's playing for them, hopefully not playing for them, but he needs to be like around them because he just seems like a valuable mind to have around and obviously, it's a virtual experience with him zooming in and being there in the quarterback room. I just I think he's a really good presence to have for that entire room, and not even just like the quarterbacks, but the offense as a whole. Because it was McCown who like kind of advocated for Deontay Burnett to be on the team, I believe, mm-hmm. and also kind of worked with like those guys. That's right. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I think he's just a good presence to have in the building, and not just for now for this year, but obviously, like, I think you want him on the coaching staff in the future. So this is like how you kind of get that going. Uh, I really like that. Do you have any thoughts on that, Jimmy? Uh, yeah, I, I think you could about. be a quarterback coach tomorrow. Sure. Like, there, there'd there be no ramp up here. Like, a lot of these guys have to be, like, quality control coaches initially. Uh, Doug had to do that early in his career. 
But I think a guy like McCown just jumps into you know, can can pretty much just jump into that kind of role. He's already watching film of practice and stuff like that, so he's a good influence on Carson Wentz. I think he may even bring some you know uh, schematic ideas to the table. So he's really there just to kind of be a coach more than he is uh, some kind of emergency player. I would put the percentage of him actually throwing a pass this season at you know less than one percent, or you know, I'd probably go even lower than that really. But uh, yeah, I, I do like the move, and I think that um, that sort of greases the skids, uh, so to speak, in terms of uh, him joining the coaching staff at some point down the line. And then the last note on the practice squad was that they, for the first time ever, were able to protect players, since that's a new thing in the NFL this year. And they protected Deontay Burnett, uh, Sua Opeta, who the Dolphins tried to poach last year, as you reported, Joe O'Spin, who should be on the team. And Trevor Williams, who is a veteran quarterback with starting experience, kind of gives them more depth behind the only five guys they have on the roster. So I think all of those make sense. Uh, would you agree with that? Yes. It's funny, too. Like, not only did a guy like Osman not make the team, but now they're going to protect him every week. <laughs> so, like, yep. now he can't even join some other 53-man roster. <laughs> Which is kind of unfair to some degree, that rule. But whatever. You know who's never unfair, Brandon? Uh, I want to get to one more thing, Jimmy, before you get to before the the least unfair person ever. And okay, it's that the Eagles it. have eight captains. I just wanted to mention eight captains. What are yes. we doing here? That's fifteen percent of the roster. Just it's Carson Wentz, it's Jason Kelsey, it's Jason Peters, it's Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox, Ryan McLeod, Duke Riley, and and Craig James. I, I am very happy for Craig James. I think that's awesome that he my guy that I never abandoned at any point. Craig James, <laughs> captain. Boom. Anyway, Jimmy. <laughs> well, the other. Uh, I've never seen eight captain, captains before. I think Zangaro put out something like uh, you know, 15, 15% of the team is, is captains. Yeah. I have a, uh, I have a gif. Like a, I just said stick, it too. Are you I have a stick figure gif. Come, oh, did you say 15? Sorry. I did. Uh, I have a stick figure gif coming out uh, of the uh, eight captains. That'll be out mm-hmm. by the time this uh, is uh They're published. a captain factory, Jimmy. Not just a quarterback factory. <laughs> They're also a captain factory. I'll just say what it is. So, like, you know the, uh, the scene from... Uh, well, you never watch movies, but have mm-hmm. you ever seen Spies Like Us? No, of course Chevy not. Chevy Chase, Dan Aykroyd. Well, they're like pretending to be doctors and uh, they're they're greeting all these other doctors and they like they take turns one at a time going, doctor, 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 doctor. So I did some, something like that, but with Captain. Who is the Captain? And that'll be of... totally lost on people like you that <laughs> that don't watch movies. I'm, I'm already lost, but Jimmy, I wanna, <laughs> tell me about the Captain of the Universe. The, the Captain least, of the Universe yeah. in terms of the real estate agent is Kristen Roach of Roach Realty, Brandon. Wow. Did you know? That she was voted captain of the universe in the realty world by all the lords and kings of the land. And only her, not eight, not eight, seven others. Not seven others. No way. She's the captain of, uh, of the world in real estate. Um, so if you're selling or buying a house, please do yourself a favor. Do the world a favor and call or text Kristen Rutch at 856-906-9295. Again, 856-906-9295. Nine two nine five. Brandon, back after this. Back here on BGN Radio, episode one forty six. It's our Eagles versus Washington football team preview. So we should probably actually get into the game, Jimmy. Yeah. Obviously, you publish your matchups right around the corner. It's crazy how it kind of snuck up. It, it really is. Uh, it's it's surreal because I mean, it's just we're out of whack here. You know, because usually, okay, training camp. Uh, it ends and then there's a couple of weeks and the season starts. There was no preseason. It's all, it's all, it's a strange year, my friends. We all know that. 
Uh, Jimmy, we're going to get into the matchups here. First thing I want to say, just open this up. It's just a quick little nugget I wanted to share. Ron okay. Rivera, 4-5 and five in season openers. Doug Peterson, undefeated, 4-0 and oh in season openers. Yeah, they've gotten off to good starts. Uh, we, they've had some pretty bad opponents, though, week one. Mm-hmm. Like, this is the third time they're having day of Washington, right? <laughs> so, like, like those yeah, are two. That helps. Know, the, the two previous ones, those are ones. Who else did they have? The Browns. Browns, yeah, that was a bad one, too. And then, and then the uh, Falcons in 2018. Yeah, that was a legit win. Okay. They almost lost that game. But still, they, they there have been some seasons where they look bad in the preseason, and people are kind of worried about them heading into the regular season. And they've escaped with, uh, you know, 1-0 starts. Last year, they got off to a really slow start. They got down... Was it seventeen nothing last year to Washington? Something like that. Because uh, McLaurin had the uh, long touchdown right off the bat, and I believe they scored again. Maybe even got a field. I think it was seventeen nothing. They had to come back mm. from that. And then, of course, Carson Wentz doesn't get the uh, that stupid quarterback comeback stat because they led before the fourth quarter began. <laughs> yes. So, so anyway, a uh, lot of uh, interesting matchups in this game for a very bad team, the first of which, you know, one the one to watch at least really to get a gauge for how it's going to be played the rest of the season is, uh, is the aforementioned Terry McLaurin, who had five catches for 125 in that week one game last year. And then later in the season, when it was just clear that he was the only guy that can hurt you on their offense, Five catches, one thirty, another touchdown. So like it was like the one thing that just stop that guy and you're gonna stop this team. And he goes on and they scored twenty seven points, I believe, in that second game. So they've done a bad job against against this bad uh Washington offense. But we're gonna get a chance to see how much uh Darius Slay follows him around the field. Jim Schwartz was asked that in his first uh press conference of uh the season this year. You know, how do you sort of uh <laughs> how do you manage you know, uh, allowing him to do that while also disguising whether you're playing uh, man or zone. And he said, yeah, that's sort of the trick. Um, you, you have to have other cornerbacks who can play inside and outside to sort of disguise that. But it'll be interesting to see, you know, how much they allow him to do that because that'll be sort of the barometer for, you know, whether they do that or how much they do it for the rest of the season. Because this is a game where clearly – it makes sense for him to follow McLaurin. I remember Darius Slay talking about McLaurin when I think it was one of the first times we really heard from him uh, via Zoom press conference this yes. off season. And if I'm not mistaken, he mentioned now like McLaurin like snuck up on him last year. He's like, oh, like who's this guy? Like this guy's pretty good. He's a rookie, and like he, he's pretty challenged by uh, McLaurin when Washington played Detroit uh, last year. So that's definitely. Definitely. I mean, it is the key matchup. Just my thing with Washington when kind of been looking or like like figuring out what to say about them for like a preview post uh, in this offseason or like power rankings. It's like just go to our lads, like their depth chart on there or wherever you get their depth chart, wherever you want to get it. Just look at it. Like Logan Thomas <laughs> is their starting tight end. Logan yeah. Thomas, a former yeah. quarterback. Like like, And at one point in the offseason, Richard Rodgers was listed as a starter yes. on that. Like so like. I mean, yeah, they they clearly just lack talent on the offensive side of the ball. It does come down to Darius Slay being able to just like take away Terry McLaurin, or you know, just like not letting him ru- like run roughshod, like just you know, totally uh, break the game open. Like even just to be able to limit him would be nice. McLaurin had ten targets in that game last year when they played Detroit. Three catches, forty yards, which sounds like Slade did a good job on him, but he really didn't. So McLaurin got open uh, a number of times and just had really bad throws 
come his way from uh, Dwayne Haskins. He should have had at least one touchdown. He got open a couple of times down the field um, as well, and, and they just weren't able to connect. Uh, and he actually had sort of the game-winning catch. Washington beat them in that game. Uh, but he had the, he had a catch late in that game that sort of, uh, I don't remember if it put him in field goal position to get the win or if it just ran out the rest of the time. I believe it put him in field goal position, to, to and they kicked it and won. Uh, but McLaurin uh, really did kind of win most of those battles that day even if the statistics are, sort of didn't back that up. So, like, Slay had, like, some games where he actually played well, but the stats didn't look like it. So, like, he gave up a lot of yards and catches to uh, Stephon Diggs one time and, uh, and Adam Thielen. But, he, like, uh, that, those were misleading. This that ga- The game against Washington was misleading in the opposite way, where, like, he didn't really play that well, but the stats, you, you would never know it. So that's going to be a tough matchup for him. Like, in addition to him following McLaurin, they should also give him a lot of help too. Because again, they don't have it. They don't have nothing else. They have, you know, who's their other starter going to be? Is it going to be like that uh, Antonio uh, Gandy Golden? Like, mm. is, like who, who else is it going to be? Just make sure you, you cover Terry. Make sure you have two guys watching Terry McLaurin because there's really no other way that there's, there's, there's no, here's how I'll put it. There's no other definitely good player on that offense. If that makes yes. any sense. Yes. Now, with that said, though, Jimmy, I mean, they have Dwayne Haskins, who's clearly really good. So that's a big issue that you have to – now, <laughs> well, seriously, He, he though, actually played pretty well in that Week 15 game last year against the That's Eagles. the problem. He had a 120 or, yeah, 121.3 passer rating against the Eagles, which was like – I just don't understand that performance still. Because I remember going into <laughs> that game thinking right. like, they're going to win this game because Haskins isn't any good. And you just look at what he had <laughs> right. done, or really what I should say he hadn't done to that point. And it's just like, this guy is not good. And I, I kept saying, too, like he – and we had made the comparisons to Mitchell Trubisky. He just kind of looked lost. He didn't have that experience in college. So he kind of compared to Mitchell Trubisky from a, that profile approach. And then he just looked good against the Eagles. And I was like, well, how do I reconcile this? Because this doesn't make sense to me. And now going into this year – you know, I'm like, the Eagles should be able to handle Dwayne Haskins. And this is a guy who went 2-5 and five in his starts last year. He completed just 58.6 of his attempts for 6.7 yards per attempt. He had seven touchdowns, seven interceptions, and he had a 76.1 passer rating. Like, this guy should not give the Eagles trouble. I think this defense should be improved. I mean, you add Darius Slay. That needs to be able to take away McLaurin to some extent. Um, this defensive line, even though it's banged up with, you know, Burnett, and Hargrave, like they should be able to still take advantage of a Washington offensive line that isn't very good and is starting like Jerron Christian at left tackle, who was like terrible when he's had to play in the past. Yes. Um, I just like th- this defense to me, like if if Dwayne Hask- if Dwayne Haskins gives this defense trouble, I'm pretty concerned. That should not happen. <laughs> yeah, I remember heading into that game last year, like he'd given he had taken like an inordinate number of sacks. And I remember, like, that was a big part of my preview for that game, you know, feeling like the Eagles were going to, you know, be, sort of be all over him. He, he, held the, he held onto the ball for a long time, really, is what, is what it was. And then they didn't sack him at all until, like, the final play of that game, which, did they return the final? Was that one of the games where they returned? Like, a, they, I think Nigel Bradham returned a fumble for a touchdown at the end of that game. He did. Like, it was a up, bad beat, if you bet, on they were uh, only, Washington. That's right. They were only up three, they were only up three I believe, to end that, you know, down the stretch, or four. And, uh... They sacked him at, at at the end of that. They finally got to him at the end of the game. It was like a broken play, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, they, they they were unable to get to him. As you mentioned, Jerron Christian is going to be starting at uh, left tackle. They sort of had a three way competition for that left tackle spot uh, throughout camp between him, uh, rookie Sadiq Charles, 
and I'm forgetting the other guy's name. Doesn't matter because he didn't win. Cornelius. So, that's it. Cornelius Lucas. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it's those three guys. Christian wins. You know, like you mentioned, he hasn't been good, and he's only he's played fewer than 200 snaps in the NFL, so he's inexperienced too. That's about it was really about the same number of snaps that Matt Pryor has played in the NFL. And then uh, Wes Martin is going to be their starting left guard. He was even worse than Christian when he had to, <laughs> when he had to play last year. So that's their left side of the line is John Christian and Wes Martin. So whoever's on that right side of the Eagles defensive line, whether it's Barnett or it's Josh Sweat or which you know whichever the two defensive tackles between Malik Jackson or Fletcher Cox lines up over there, they really got to dominate that side of the line because I mean in on paper, those guys should be you know wildly overmatched. Let's flip it around, Jimmy. We just yeah. talked about the Washington offensive line. Now let's talk about the Eagles offensive line because we, we already talked about them a little bit with the injury stuff earlier. But I mean, it's a it's a tall task for them as <laughs> they're going up against Chase Young, who is a freaking just monster of a man and a beast already as a rookie. Yeah, I mean, there um, were like there were like people during the draft time that that were saying like, you know these draft experts they're saying like this is like the best prospect that like you know that that i've you know kind of uh studied in like 10 15 years <laughs> so like he is like a legit like top flight talent no-brainer pick for for washington you know after joe burrow went one of course to qb needy team uh so, yeah and, and and they've spent like a ton of first round picks really on their defensive line overall uh i don't have the list in front of me here but montez sweat um, montez sweat was the year before Year before that, the defensive tackles. Yeah, right. Uh, Deron Payne was 2018, and Jonathan Allen, who I thought the Eagles might be interested in uh, when they took Derek Barnett, he was uh, 2017. And then you know, beyond those guys, beyond Chase Young, Montez Sweat, Deron Payne, Jonathan Allen. Oh, by the way, you also have borderline Hall of Famer Ryan Kerrigan. Uh, you have a guy in Ryan Anderson who kills that, the Eagles. <laughs> yes, Ryan Anderson who. Uh, actually, Lane's done a good job against him. When I, whenever he faced Big V, he would destroy him or anyone else. Mm. He just like there's one. Uh, who's the guy they traded to? Uh, oh, Matt Tobin. <laughs> like he, he killed Matt Tobin one time. Uh, so I mean, he's he's like you look at Ryan Kerrigan's numbers. If he were on like a better team, he'd be so much more of like a a high profile player than he is. But he's just played on this garbage team for you know almost a decade, so doesn't really get the notoriety that he should. The modern like, London Fletcher. Yes. And you have Ryan Anderson, who the team was like looking to trade, maybe because they might actually got you know because I like he's like he's talented as well. And then the Temple kid, he's not a kid anymore, but Matt Ioannidis, yeah. he's like kind of like a like a hustle guy. That guy's really good, and mm-hmm. I know his numbers are really good. Let me look at him real quick. I just remember him. He's got a weird up. number of stat. He's got eight point five sacks last year. Defensive tackle. Jeez. The year before that, seven point five. He's got sixteen sacks over the last two years. So like, he's like a backup defensive tackle for them. So like they are loaded on that defense. They don't have anything else on their team anywhere, but they are loaded along that defensive line. And the Eagles are not exactly loaded with offensive <laughs> line no. depth right now. No, I mean, again, it's, it's Peters at left tackle and okay, but you know, he's going to come. I mean, maybe he doesn't come out of this game, but he's going to come out of some game at some point because we've seen that happen many times now in the past couple of seasons. He's not going to play 100% of the snaps all year long. So that's a concern. Again, we don't even know if Lane Johnson's going to play. And again, even if he does, not at 100%. So that's a concern going up against Kerrigan, who kills the Eagles. Yes. And then, you know, Matt Pryor, I am, I like his potential. But like, you know, he started one NFL game. You know, I, I don't know that he's I not. don't like his, I don't, I don't like him right guard in this game. 
Well, that's what I mean. Like, and you look at the matchup, it's and it's just not an answer there. So there's a lot of question marks on the offensive line. And again, God forbid someone gets hurt. I mean, Nate Herbig could be playing, and it's just like, oh my gosh, like what are we doing all of a sudden? So I think when you look at like Washington's best chance to win this game, that's where it is. It's it's them just controlling the line of scrimmage on that side of the ball. Where like I, I did an exchange here with uh, our friends from Hogs Haven, and they were like, you know, what what can Washington like? How would you attack the Eagles if you're Washington? And I'm like, I don't really think there's anything tricky about it. I think it's just like you need that defensive line to dominate, and that gives you a chance to win. Yeah, what the Eagles are probably going to have to do, like if, if it's going badly early, you got to start relying a little bit more on the run game. Um, you got to do like sort of, um, uh, you got to try to keep them off balance with like screens and misdirection plays, boots, you know, move the pocket, move Carson Wentz, that kind of stuff. Because if you just have them drop back into the pocket, it could be a long day. So I think, you know, and Doug's good at that. Like Doug is good at those in-game adjustments and sort of, you know, reading how things are going. And that's sort of, this is the kind of game where you, you, you feel confident in, you know, the kind of coach that, that. He has been in the way that he is. He can kind of read what's going on and change on the fly. So, um, not su- I wouldn't be super worried about uh, that defensive line sort of just you know wrecking the game because I do think that you know, the head coach is capable of preventing that. And they're just such a bad team everywhere else that they should be able to you know capitalize uh, in those other areas. But I mean, it, re- it really is a super talented, not only talented but like super deep. Uh, defensive line, Doug said they're going to come in waves. Like it, they're going to have the rotation in full effect. So uh, clearly, the biggest concern for the Eagles heading into this matchup. And obviously, it, it goes without saying you don't want to get down in any game. But I think especially against this team in this situation, where like you know their key to winning is just like teeing off and Carson Wentz. Yes. If this is last year, if this goes like last year and the Eagles are down, like I just I don't love that. I don't. Early love that. lead would be huge for sure. Yeah. I, I don't love if they get off to a slow start, obviously, in any game, but especially in this situation. Yes. It's just not like it's not a recipe for success. And a way they can avoid getting down, Jimmy, is by taking advantage of this Washington secondary, which is starting one Ron Darby at cornerback. <laughs> and also Kendall Fuller, who I guess will be playing, but he's he's, he's going to play time. corner. Well, yeah, uh, I didn't even realize he was injured. Yeah, he, he's missed multiple weeks in training camp. And he's on Washington's injury report on Wednesday with a knee issue. Uh, he was limited in Wednesday's mm. practice. So okay. I'm guessing, you know, I'm going to guess he plays, but he might not be 100%. So you might want to test him. Um, I mean, let's not overthink this. Like Deshaun Jackson went off against Washington last year. And I know Josh Norman isn't there anymore. But uh, Ron Darby isn't exactly scaring me. And neither is Fuller, especially if he's not at 100%. I mean, this needs to be a game where... I mean, every game needs to be a game where Carson Wentz is going for Deshaun Jackson and especially deep. I mean, just just do it. Don't overthink it. Just do it. First play of the game. I need this to be like Michael Vick in Washington, uh, you know, all those years ago, 2010, 10 years ago now. That's insane. Like, go big. Go big or go home. Yeah, they should have opportunities on the field. Especially, I didn't I didn't even realize uh, Kendall Fuller was injured. But beyond that, he was a safety last year. So he's moving from safety to corner. Uh, their safeties are suspect in terms of their well, I guess not their speed. Like Troy Apke was like that. It was like that guy that like impressed Deion Sanders when he ran the forty, but like he's got tackling issues. And then you have Landon Collins, who's more of like a box safety. Really, uh, like this, I've, I felt like this this is a good like Jalen Rager game. Hmm. Be, and you know if he plays, but if he you know if he doesn't, then <laughs> they can't capitalize on that. But Darby, as we know. As we've seen over the years, isn't a very isn't like the best tackler. Like he's, Olay. you know, like he's you're not going to mistake him for uh, for Antoine Winfield, for example. 
the other guy, uh, Jimmy Moreland, who's going to be their starting corner. Oh, sorry, their starting slot wow. corner. Like, you know, sticky cover guy. Absolutely cannot tackle. So you get, I think like sort of the underrated thing about Rager, like everyone, everyone kind of the perception of him is, you know, speed guy makes plays down the field. But really what I think his best attribute is maybe is his ability to get yards after the catch. Like he mm-hmm. just kind of looks like a running back in some ways. So once he gets the ball in his hands, he's good at like breaking tackles and, and running away from defenders. And I think this is a, this is a game against guys like Darby and Moreland where he can kind of show that off. Uh, so, you know, he may or may not play, obviously. But, yeah, there there, are, there will be opportunities there. We expect Deshaun to do something. You know, I think there's some level of comfort, comfortability with Carson Wentz and Greg Ward. But the two guys that, like, I think it would be really good sign if they did anything would be J.J. Ortega-Whiteside mm-hmm. and John Hightower. Ortega-Whiteside, of course, you know, horrible year as a rookie last year. Good to see him get off to a, a good start. And then it would be, you know, good to see Hightower do anything – to, ch- to kind of carry over from his great training camp into the regular season. I think Deshaun is going to dominate in this game, or at least get a lot of targets like he did last year. I think it was like nine Agreed. targets or ten, nine receptions, ten targets. Like Carson loves throwing to Deshaun. Deshaun looks as good as ever in practice. Like I think, I think people are sleeping on Deshaun. Like really, the NFL as a whole in terms of fantasy football and stuff, but even Eagles fans, I think it's kind of just we like just forgot like that uh, how good he is and the impact he can have. Uh, so I, I think this is going to be huge for Deshaun. Um, anything else on the matchup, Jimmy? Uh, nothing else on the matchup. Well, Jimmy, let me tell you the most important matchup of all time. That's, you know, hunger versus righteous felon <laughs> craft jerky. And in, in that case, righteous, righteous felon is going to win that battle every time, brother. Exactly. And obviously, BGN Radio is brought to you by Righteous Felon Craft Jerky, which are the meat snacks that fuel your Philadelphia Eagles, who are about to start their season. That's right. Righteous Felon Jerky and Snack Sticks are served at the Eagles Novacare Complex Fueling Station, where players get their pre- and post-workout protein fix. If it's good enough for the Eagles, it's got to be good enough for you. I mean, it's the perfect game day snack. Week one is here. Get some. And Righteous Felon, obviously based in Westchester, PA, so they're local, use locally sourced, all-natural black Angus beef, and they're committed to elevating the meat snacks category with superior quality and creative branding. You can try all the flavors by going to rightstone.com and using discount code BGN15 at checkout to get 15% off. There's no limit in how many times you can do that, so continue to do it, and uh, it's just a good idea. And also, my good friend Dan Klausner, who works for Right to Spell Craft Turkey and former BGN Radio slash BGN uh, alum, uh, also wanted me to mention that, you know, they're available in giant grocery stores as well if you want to go in person and pick them up. But if you don't, and again, and you want to support BGN Radio, because that's the key here. You're not just getting good meat snacks. You're also supporting the podcast. Get, go to RightToSound.com. Use discount code BGN15. Jimmy, back after this. Back here for our final segment on the first episode. Well, first preview episode, I should say, of the 2020 yes. season. Uh, and... You know, though, Jimmy, it's time for the NFL picks. I just said that okay. like we have a sting to play, but we don't. I think so. <laughs> that would have been much more cooler if there was actually music that followed that. But uh, alas, there are not. I figure, Jimmy, you know, we're we should have music our, for this segment, really. We should. Our, our tried and true tradition of going through the NFC East rivalry games before we get to our Eagles pick. So let's start off with the Dallas Cowboys, who are three-point favorites, the Los Angeles Rams. What do you got? I got the Cowboys in this game. Mm-hmm. Here's one thing I will say about the Cowboys. Like, I, I think people think that their offense is going to dominate this year, and there's no question that they have a lot of talent there. With Dak, who I think is, you know, borderline top 10 kind of quarterback, 
Um, you have obviously the receivers of you know Mari Cooper, Michael Gallup, now CeeDee Lamb, and then of course Ezekiel Elliott, as we've as we've pointed out many a time. Um, you know, maybe not as explosive as he was, but always seems to fall forward, always seems to get positive yards. Stacked offense for sure. Well, it might not be so stacked these days as their offensive line. You got Tyron Smith at left tackle, who, you know, he's fine, he's good. Then you have Zach uh, Martin at right guard. Now, those two guys, great players. Other spots, though, a little iffy. Left guard, you have Connor Williams, who was bad as a rookie in 2018. 2019, he tears his ACL. Uh, comes. It was actually on that Thanksgiving game against Buffalo last year. He tore his ACL. Hmm. So he's coming back from that about nine and a half months later. He can't be back to 100%, I can't imagine. He's going to start week one at left guard. Center, of course, um, Travis Frederick uh, retires. And Joe Looney is now their starting center. So you go from one of the best starting centers in the NFL to probably one of the worst starting centers in the NFL. And then at right tackle, you have Lyle Collins, who is on injured reserve. Uh, I forget what his injury actually is, but he'll be out. And Cameron Irving, former first-round pick, who busted. I think it was the Bengals who took him. Doesn't matter. Um, he, whoever his first team was, he was gone there after two years. Signed out with somebody else. I forget who that was. <laughs> he's, he, he's quickly off their team as well. Finds his way to the Cowboys. Uh, he'll be starting at right tackle. He has the potential to be a disaster for them. He's not a good player at all. So... You have three spots along that offensive line that are really dicey heading into week one. And I think guys like Aaron Donald can take advantage. But ultimately, I just don't I just don't see it with the Rams this year. I think they're a team that's going to be in steady decline. So I think the Cowboys do escape with a week one win. Yeah, I mean, you want to talk about a team with offensive line issues. I mean, the Rams are easily yeah, up yeah, there. Sure. Yes, yes. And I mean, I cite this stat all the time, but Jared Goff has an 82.24 pass rating in his last 24 games. Like, Oh, really? I didn't realize that. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, it's bad. That's what I mean. Like, I feel like people don't like recognize that he's been bad. <laughs> 24, like, that's season and a half. Yeah, it's a season <laughs> and a half, and that includes some playoff time in there. Okay. But like... Still, I mean, like, it's been a long sample size, and he just hasn't been good. And I don't really know why I'm betting on him to be, like, all that much better all of a sudden. I've never really liked Jared Goff that much anyway. Um, and obviously not the biggest McVay guy. Although, you know, I'm sure he'll have them. It's not like the Rams are going to be, I don't think, like a bottom five team. I think McVay, right. you know, is good enough to keep them out of Seven that range. Nine. Yeah, they'll be kind of there. Uh, oh, I think they could very easily be the last team in that division, by the way. Because, I mean, I think the Seahawks are better. I think the 49ers are better. And I think the Cardinals are going to rise up yes. this year. How far? I don't know. But I think they're going to be better better than the Rams. So, yeah, I think the Cowboys win. And I hope you're right about the Cowboys, Jimmy. Of course. I hope I hope you are. I just have a bad feeling about them this year. I, I have a – like, for, for the Eagles' sake, I have a bad feeling that the Cowboys are just going to start clicking – and they have, you know, these wide receivers in this offense. And I hope I'm wrong about it. And maybe I'm trying to put out some reverse jinx energy out there. Obviously, my approach with that worked very well in Week 16 <laughs> last year when I said the Eagles didn't have a chance to win. And they did. So, take it for what it's worth. But I'm also taking the Cowboys minus three. I think you have to. I just don't know how you could feel good about the Rams. The Steelers, Jimmy, are at the Giants. They're five and a half road point favorites. It's the first game on Monday Night Football. Oh, it's a Monday that Yeah, that's right. That is a Monday nighter. Yeah. All right, good. I'll, I'm glad I get to see that game. It's the fighting Joe Judges. Mm. I mean, clearly I got the Steelers <laughs> to win this game. <laughs> I'm surprised that line's only 5.5 because home, home field advantage doesn't matter anymore. There's, there's not going to mm-hmm. be any fans there. So, like, you're saying the Steelers are only 5.5 points better than this team? 
Like, no way. They're going to smoke this team. So I'll take the Steelers and I'll gladly lay the 5.5. I think the Steelers are being slept on in in some circles. I think that's also true. Yeah. Their defense was awesome last year. It's still going to be good. Those those two, you know, bullshit quarterbacks that they had playing last year, Duck Hodges and uh, what did Big Ben play like one and a half games last year? And they won eight games of that trash at quarterback. Mm-hmm. It's because their defense is awesome. You get like you get like even like a an average semi competent Big Ben back, and you know they they have a chance to make some noise. And I've brought this up a lot, but Mike Tomlin has never had a losing season, and yes. the Steelers haven't had a losing season as an organization since two thousand and three, like <laughs> seventeen years ago. They're they're a team that wins. They know what they're doing to some right. extent. They're not perfect always, but like you can trust them to be at least solid. And I think at least solid is what is better than what the Giants are going to be this year. Uh, yeah, obviously, just not going to buy into Joe Judge until I see something first. Daniel Jones, I think there, there's something there. With I like Jake. Daniel there's, Jones. Yeah, there's intrigue there I have with him. Like, obviously, the fumbles and all of that stuff is a lot of big mm-hmm. issue. And I think that could ultimately, you know, kind of wipe out the upside with him. But he has some, there's something there. Like, there's clearly something. It's not just like a nothing burger. Like, Trubisky. Like, there was nothing there. Like, yes. There's nothing there to feel good about Mitch Trubisky. There's things there about Daniel Jones that kind of make you like, all right. Like, he actually looks good at certain times. You're like, hmm, maybe there's something there. So, uh, so but with that said still, I, I just don't think the Giants are there yet. And the Steelers easily deserve the benefit of the doubt. To me, I think Big Ben, I don't know exactly what to make of him, but I think he's, I'm not worried about him. Like, I think he'll be okay, at least, like you said, like, and that's all they need from him. They don't even yes. need him to be amazing. I think as long as he's okay, which I think he can get back to being, then I think they'll figure it out, Jimmy, it comes to that moment And now, finally, yeah. <laughs> where we pick. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, are you, are you laying the points on the Steelers too? Uh, yeah, Steelers okay. five and a half, taking them. I also want to get your season prediction, so you can also add that for your pick here after you make okay. the game pick, since, you know. Before week one, why not? Eagles are five and a half point favorites at Washington football team. Yeah, I'd seen this at six earlier. Uh, so I guess that line's getting bet down on the uh, Washington side. Mm-hmm. And I don't blame people for doing that. I, too, will take the points in that game. Oh. Um, but I do have the Eagles winning. I think they uh, kind of escape with a win here. Again, I mean, we already went through all the matchups and everything. But, um, you know, the, the defensive line... Of the of Washington versus the Eagles offensive line aside that matchup aside, I mean it's just, it's just the Eagles across the board. Otherwise, so um, the Eagles have a, a far better quarterback. Uh, they have a they have a better offensive line. Their defensive line isn't that much worse than Washington's in my opinion. They're at least well, maybe I guess they are <laughs> with with uh, Barnett probably you know either out or not one hundred percent and uh, and Javon Hargrave probably not playing. Those guys are healthy. You know, I think they're a little bit worse than than Washington, but still a quality defensive line that should dominate Washington's crappy uh, offensive line. Their defense is better than Washington. Their offense is better than Washington overall. I have the Eagles winning the game, but again, I don't think it's, you know, a runaway uh, in this game. I think Washington keeps it close. And the other kind of thing, like one thing that we mentioned about, you know, sort of the Eagles advantage over the rest of the division all offseason long was how the Eagles are... Um, you know, the only Continuity. team that's returning, right, their head coach, their defensive coordinator, and their starting quarterback, uh, whereas every other team has a new coach. In week one, I think that kind of works against them a little bit. Like week one and maybe only week one, it works against them because you don't know what they're going to do. So Doug mm. kind of talked about this a little bit. They, they know like Ron Rivera's defense and they know like they can look at like, because they, you know, they play Carolina a number of times. They, they can look at like what Jack Del Rio did 
when he was defensive coordinator and they can kind of guess on, you know, how they're going to look a little bit. But they don't know, like, how much of each they're going to use, like their philosophies they're going to use. They don't know what Washington's going to do offensively, uh, especially with a running back and Antonio Gibson, who we didn't even mention yet, um, sort of being like an enigma of sorts in that he was like a slot receiver in Memphis, but like a six foot 220 guy that like can run guys over and really kind of an intriguing player. Um, so it's, there's a lot of sort of uncertainty on how to prepare for this team heading into week one. So that works against them in some ways in, in sort of that continuity discussion. But again, I think that's only for week one. So that adds another element of difficulty in that they're going to have to adjust on the fly. Both Doug and Schwartz will have to adjust on the fly in this game, depending on what they see. And I think they're capable of doing that. But, uh, yeah, just for this one week, uh, that continuity stuff, you know, kind of does work against them a little bit. And then what's your season prediction? I'll go 10 and 6. I was okay. really like, I, like we discussed on either the last podcast or one of the ones before that, you know, the, the over under for them is 9.5. And I think that's perfect. Like, it's really difficult for me to decide between 9 and 10. But uh, I guess I'll go optimistic and uh, we'll say 10 just because the division really is so bad. Jimmy, I'm going to ring the bell, which means. If you didn't know, I'm gonna take the Eagles to win by 50. Po- no, not 50 <laughs> points. Um, I did want to take the points with Washington, but you did that, and it would not be fun if we just all went <laughs> the same right. picks in Week One. You gotta you gotta change it up somehow. I feel extremely confident in the Eagles winning this game. Again, I think Deshaun's gonna have a really big game in this one. I think the offense is going to have some success against that Washington secondary, although maybe not. So easily from the jump, and there's going to be rough, some, some rough patches with this Eagles offensive line protecting Carson Wentz. Things could get a little ugly. I could see that happening. I'm afraid that, you know, like, you know, this Antonio Gibson proved to be like some weird, like, X factor for Washington. <laughs> right. Uh, I, I'm worried of something like that. We didn't even talk about him. But all that said, I feel pretty confident in the Eagles winning. Five and a half is a decent amount. I think they can win by a touchdown, though. I think it will be kind of on that closer end. I think it will be like, you know, that like a seven point win, a six point win. So I'm right on the edge there. But I will take the Eagles in this one. I just I can't take Dwayne Haskins over Carson Wentz when I simplify it down to the quarterback, as I am wont to do. And again, if, if Haskins is lighting up this Eagles defense, well, boy, that's a real problem. Not only for this week, but moving forward, that's a, a big, big concern if that happens. So I think the Eagles start out 1-0, as they have done in every season of the Doug Peterson era. As I mentioned earlier, a perfect 4-0 so far. I think they go 1-0 against this poor Washington team. And as for the season, I still have them about like that 9-7 and range. Uh, so I, I really don't know. I think they have a, they have potential. I'm not going to say like they don't have a ceiling. Like there's a ceiling there for contention. I totally think that because I think Carson Wentz can get hot and I think he can carry this team. And we saw that last year. And I almost wonder if I haven't been giving enough credence to that in my predictions, like thinking to myself, like, okay, I saw Carson Wentz carry this team last year. And in theory, at least like some of his wide receivers, the wide receiver situation could be better. So maybe he does even more this year, and he really kind of has that resurgent year that people have been expecting him to have since the MVP season. But I'm at a point with this team where they've gotten off to these slow starts, not only in actual games, but in seasons the past two years, mm-hmm. where why do I give them, why should I be giving them the benefit of the doubt? Like, why? Like, why do they deserve that? They don't from me. So prove it to me, Eagles. Prove me wrong. Until then, you're a 9-7 team, and one of those wins will be this Sunday. It's set up nicely for them to begin the season, though. You have, like, Washington, week one, Rams at home, week two, Bengals at home, week three. I think they really got to come out of that stretch 3-0. 
They can't lose any of those games. And yet, they might, because we <laughs> said that about the Miami Dolphins. And they they lost probably the will Dolphins. lose one of those games. Yeah. <laughs> any final thoughts here, Jimmy? No, that would be it. My final thought is... I love you all for listening. Thank you. This has been a fun way to start the season here. BGN Radio episode 146. Of course, of course, of course, of course, brought to you by Righteous Felon Craft Jerky. You can go to RighteousFelon.com for meat snacks, non-meat snacks. You need snacks. The Eagles are playing this weekend. You need some snacks to eat. Win the battle against hunger and go to RighteousFelon.com and use discount code BGN15. Not only are you supporting a local business in Righteous Felon, but you're also supporting BGN Radio, which is very important. Uh, you know, these episodes are free. It's the least you could do if, if you want to do it. Uh, obviously, rate, review, download, subscribe, all those good things. Not only to hear on BGN Radio, but also the SB Nation NFL show podcast feed where you can check out the Oddcast, the one, the uh, off-day debrief featuring myself and Rob Guerrera stats. Uh, so we definitely want to give the support there. Michael Kist on also multiple episodes there. So go check that out. If you haven't already, subscribe, rate, review to that because we need support for that new feed. And yeah, Eagles football this weekend. That'll be fun. Um, until next time. Goodbye, everybody. P-G-N. Claude 3 from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point of the price-performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skill and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and lowest cost model on the market, perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who use Anthropic to navigate this new frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude, C-L-A-U-D-E, today. Jumpstart your genius with Claude 3 by Anthropic. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.